You are listening to listener-supported WPKN in Bridgeport at 89.5 FM. We're online at WPKN.org. I'm happy to welcome Dr. Kimberly Stoner to the WPKN Airwaves. Hi, Dr. Stoner. Hi. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us this afternoon. Dr. Kimberly Stoner is currently the advocacy director for the Connecticut chapter of the Northeast Organic Farming Association, or NOFA. I know many of our listeners are, are involved with that, or we've, we've had um, connections with them a, a lot throughout the years. And so, uh, but you were giving a talk last night at the Unitarian Society in New Haven about a movement to create a green amendment here in Connecticut. And that seems to be something that's happening in a lot of states right now. I know it just happened in, uh, recently in Montana. Maybe you could talk a little bit about this this whole project and what you what what your how what your involvement with it. Okay, sure. Thank you so much for having me on. So um, I am involved in uh, proposing the Connecticut Environmental Rights Amendment, which was, is a, a green amendment um, that, uh, when passed by the legislature, would go to a referendum and people would be able to vote on it. And it would say that each person in Connecticut shall have an individual right to clean and healthy air, water, soil, and environment, a stable and safe climate, and self-sustaining ecosystems. And then it goes on to say that the state and all the political subdivisions of the state um, would uh, not infringe upon those rights and protect the rights equitably for all people across all kinds of lines of race, ethnicity, and so forth. And the state would conserve, improve, and protect Connecticut's natural resources and lands. Um, and uh, so uh, there are a lot of people who think that we have these rights already. Um, um, intuitively, I think people understand that these are basic human rights and we can't survive without clean and healthy air, water, soil, and environment. Um, and, and more and more we realize that we can't survive without a stable climate, that our climate is going to become unlivable. But um, these rights are not written into our state constitution and they are not written into the federal constitution. Um, as you mentioned Montana. So what happened in Montana, they have um, a provision like this in their constitution that was actually uh, passed quite a long time ago in 1972. Wow. Uh, what happened in Montana is that a group of young people uh, sued the state government um, on the basis of this provision that they have in their constitution saying that they have a right to a livable climate. And the judge agreed with that based again on this, on this provision in the state constitution and overturned some laws in that the legislature had passed in Montana that would have, um, not allowed the state government agencies to consider effects on the climate when um, corporations applied for uh, oil and gas 
mining and other kinds of facilities in Montana. So um, that's actually the recent big news about how effective these kinds of green amendments can be in um, in overturning uh, bad law like that. That's, you know, I, I have about 14 questions that spring from everything you just said. Um, and, and I think particularly about the youth, the youth movement, and that, that has really been a big part of, of the environmental movement in the past you know, num- number of years. But I think it's, it feels so critical right now. I have a 24-year-old daughter, and I know my, my husband and I had visited her in New York City over the weekend, and we're, we're driving back home and listening to something on on about climate change on the radio and just having that feeling that that she she might be in a different world than we're in and 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 certainly if she has children they are they are going to be in a different world and it's just everything is happening so quick with climate change and um just a lot of a lot of things hitting us all at once uh, is this was this a sort of a youth um motivated thing or where, where does it where did it spring from so there have been um, a number of these cases of young people uh, trying to assert their right to a, a climate that they can live in in the future. Um, and actually, there have been cases in every single state, and um, practically all of them, except for Montana, have been dismissed by the courts because there's no there's no right to a climate that you can live in. Um, so this was a big thing that that um, there was a provision in the Constitution of Montana that they could use to say that they do have a right to a clean climate. It's it's really interesting to read the stories. So the the young people in the suit ranged from about five years old to 22 years old, and they um, they tell their stories about how um, some of them are are uh, people who fish, people who are engaged in the outdoors, as many people are in Montana, um, and how they can see uh, effects of wildfires and um, effects on on the, of the climate on what they see outdoors as they're as they're doing, you know, their activities. And so there's also a, um, a suit on the federal government level that's been hanging around for a long, long time um, that might actually go to trial finally after many years. Um, and so it will be interesting to see if they if this, uh, the result in Montana influences what happens on the federal level. So how long have you been involved with this? So I have not been involved in this for very long. Um, I uh, retired from the Connecticut Agricultural Experiment Station last year in June. And um, really, it was um, a few months after that that I sort of got a fire lit under me about about doing this. Um, I had heard about it from uh, via Quakers. I'm a I'm a member of the New Haven Friends Meeting, the Quaker Meeting, and um, I'm part of a group 
of people across New England, Quakers across New England, that are concerned about um, ecology and justice. And I heard about this uh, work in Maine. So there are people in Maine who are working on uh, what they call the Pine Tree Amendment. Um, and um, so I had heard about it, knew about it for a while. But uh, a couple of things made me realize that how important this would be. Uh, one is that there there were a couple of Supreme Court decisions last summer, one of which really undercut the Clean Water Act. Um, and uh, and another that, you know, everyone has heard about that that uh, eliminated the right to an abortion and made clear that rights that you don't have written into the Constitution are rights that you have based on some kind of interpretation of the courts um, and that you need to have the words in the Constitution in order to have the rights. And so I um, really just started working on this uh, last fall, and uh, we had uh, Mary Mashinsky, Representative Mary Mashinsky, introduced uh, the Connecticut Environmental Rights Amendment in the state legislature in January, and we had a public hearing in the in the state legislature. It didn't go any farther than that. It didn't get a vote in the Environment Committee uh, where it had the public hearing. So it um, so we we're just at the beginning of this work, um, but uh, I feel pretty optimistic. We've had a lot of organizations. I have a list of like 42 organizations that have signed on uh, to support this. And um, when I go around speaking about it, mostly people feel like this is something that we should have. And it's, it's surprising to people that we don't have. I, I would put myself in that camp as well. And hooray for you for taking becoming a leader in this in this effort and, and for all the speaking that you're doing. And, and speaking of which, I know that you have, I think you're speaking someplace tonight. Maybe you could talk about some of the places that people could join you and uh, hear more about this and more about what people are doing in their community. So um, it, it's actually Maya Van Rossum, the national leader of the work on green amendments across the country, who's like working on this in like 15 states across the country, who's going to be speaking tomorrow. Um, so it's a virtual webinar that is uh, hosted by the Bloomfield Public Library. And uh, so it's tomorrow, Thursday, August 24th at 6.30 p.m. And if people go to the Bloomfield Public Library website and go to the events calendar, you can sign up. You have to register in advance, and then they'll send you the Zoom link. But it's very exciting. We brought Maya Van Rossum up to Connecticut last April, and she is an amazing, inspirational speaker. She um, has been just really driven um, in working on this. She is the Delaware Riverkeeper in uh, Pennsylvania, and she was involved early on in a lawsuit in Pennsylvania that overturned uh, laws that were passed by the state legislature in Pennsylvania that would have 
um, overruled all kinds of zoning about where fracking could happen. And um, that lawsuit was also based on a provision in the Pennsylvania state constitution that she would consider to be a green amendment to that constitution. And from that experience, she realized that really all the states and ultimately the federal government should have environmental rights in a powerful form in the Bill of Rights in the Constitution. You're listening to Listener Supported, WPKN in Bridgeport at 89.5 FM. I'm Valerie Richardson. I'm speaking with Dr. Kimberly Stoner, who is leading a movement or part of a movement uh, to create a constitutional amendment guaranteeing environmental rights in Connecticut. And uh, so what's the path forward? Uh, Here we are. We're in August. The next next legislative session will be starting again in early 2024. What what is the what is the path forward at this point? Okay, well it's it's a long road for sure. Um, so uh, the uh, we'll bring it again uh, to the state legislature in 2024. Um, if the state legislature were to pass it with 75 percent of the votes in both chambers, then it would go directly to a referendum of the people. But if it's less than, if it passes, but less than 75% of the vote, then it goes again to the following session of the legislature and they have to pass it again. And then it would go to a referendum. So really what the legislature is doing is um, passing a resolution that would then go to a referendum uh, much like the referendum we just recently had about early voting. So um, ultimately, it would all come to the people to decide. And uh, New York State recently went through this whole process. And um, in New York State in 2021, uh, their Green Amendment passed with 70% of the vote. So I feel confident that you know once we can get it through the legislature and get it to the people, then um, the people will will see the importance of this and will pass it. And this this past session, you said it didn't it didn't even get to um, didn't even get any further, I guess, than the committee, or it did not get up for a vote. But you think this will, this session will get further? Uh, so we're talking about what kind of strategy to adopt in order to try and get it to go further. Um, so. Uh, I'm relying a lot on the good advice of Representative Mary Mashinsky, who has been in the legislature, um, been very effective over a really long period of time. And so uh, so uh, we are we're talking to legislators about how to how to strategize and how to get this to move forward in this next session. And is there an overall website that has information where people can find out more and find out when there might be um, sessions held in their their towns? So um, we do not really have a website exactly. We have a link tree at this point. So um, all this was kind of thrown together (laughs) rapidly at the beginning of the session. Um, So and we're working now on developing a good website. So. Right. What we have right now is um, Linktree, 
C-T-E-R-A, so Linktree slash C-T-E-R-A, and people can find there um, uh, a variety of different um, materials that we're distributing about the Connecticut Environmental Rights Amendment. They can find a place where they can sign up to support it, um, and they can find a link to uh, a couple of links to the national uh, campaign and um, how to fit into that whole national uh, scene. I will be posting this as a podcast uh, probably this evening, and so I will include that link in there. So if people want to find out more information, you were you were driving and didn't have something to write down on, you can um, come back to the to the WPKM website later on. And, and link over to me in the archives, and I will have that information. Um, I, you know, I was saying that I'm one of those people who just sort of takes took all this for granted, but at the same time, I, I think I feel so hopeless about things that are so far beyond the ability of a state to to control, like like climate change. And that was when I was talking about us feeling sort of hopeless about the the future for our daughter and her grandkids the other night we were listening to an interview about climate change and and it just feels like we are so close to the brink of really catastrophic I mean, we were, we're already seeing so many effects this summer and just in 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 big ways and small i'm a i'm an osprey monitor and i love osprey and i i go out and i i monitor nests throughout the summer and and they are real a real environmental success story. They went from about um, you know a dozen a dozen nesting pairs in the early 1980s to uh, over 800 in the last year. But they all feed on bunker, which are a, a fish that is that is particular to and very very rich in this area, very rich in the Long Island Sound and um, in places like the Connecticut, the, the mouth of the Connecticut River. And and you just think that a, a small amount of of warming it's just going to make it so difficult that those fish can cannot thrive in, in warmer waters. And just hearing hearing what's happening in Florida this year and just all these other places where the waters have just gotten so warm, it's, it's very scary. It is. It is indeed very scary. Yeah. Um, uh, the way I feel about it is that um, the, the way to deal with the Fear and the anxiety is to take action, to do you know, to do what you can. That's that's, that's very good advice. Um, well, thank you so much. I, I I was reading over the weekend um, that you were going to be at, at the Unitarian Society last night, and and I wasn't able to attend, and we weren't able to. I wasn't able to get on and announce it ahead of time. But I'm glad that you could could make room this afternoon. I know you have a busy schedule, and uh, to to take part in this. And you were talking about the, the thing that's happening tomorrow um, or yeah, tomorrow, I think tomorrow at the Bloomfield library. Are there other, um, some other upcoming talks you can, you can mention? Um, so there are um, talks that uh, have already been recorded that you can listen to. Um, the talk that Maya Van Rossum gave in April is on YouTube um, it's, uh, I believe it's on the, the CT NOFA channel on YouTube. Um, and, uh, that, that was a, that was a great talk. And it was also, uh, 
part uh, attached to a panel of environmental justice advocates, too. So Maya talked for about a half an hour, and then there were a series of environmental justice advocates, too, who spoke. Um, and um, Maya has been, is, is, has been interviewed also by a podcast that's called Growing Greener. Um, a couple of times about about uh, the the uh, Green Amendment campaign, the National Green Amendment campaign. So um, she is out there all the time speaking, and uh, I am working on my speaking <laughs> myself. And um, and so I expect I will probably be speaking some more in the future. Well, I'm I'm just I'm so happy for you and. Uh, taking this initiative and, and taking this leadership role. Um, and, and I imagine when you say that people can take action, probably some of the the biggest action that they can take will be this coming January when the legislative legislative session starts. And um, you know, I'm sure reaching out to their, their own re- local representatives and, and, you know, it'd be great if you have some big action up at the, up at the Capitol. I'm sure people would love to come out and, and march and support this and attend um, attend some of the committee meetings and make sure that the, the people know that this is important and and something that something that Connecticut wants. Yeah, and um, so uh, we're we're building up our email list and and so we can let people know when there are opportunities to take action. So if people go to that linktree um, slash ctera. And sign up. We'll get we'll, um, be in contact with you, and we'll let you know when there's an opportunity to take action. Well, thank you so much, I'm Dr. Kimberly Stoner, and she is um, part of the NOFA organization, and recently was at the Connecticut Agricultural Experiment Station. And you were, um, are you an entomologist? Did I read? Yep, I am. I am an entomologist. Yeah. Leave, leave yeah, those bugs yeah. behind. <laughs> I still, I'm, I'm emeritus, so I'm still working on a few projects still at the experiment station. I personally think that that noceums have have just exploded in number based based on my own experience this summer. So I don't know if you ever ever did any any um, research on noceums, but they were they, man, they were just out seems to be out there all over the place. Yeah, um, I haven't worked on no seams, but it probably has to do with variations in the weather. It's been it's been unusually wet this year, and that might that might be part of it. Well, thank you, and and, and all your specialties really appreciate it. Okay, take care.